0: Well, uh, quite a week this week. Now, now, Brandon, <laughs> you're in Austin, Texas, uh, as always. Correct. Matt Ray. Now, we, know it's, we, we all know what's going on in America because we, we read the news, but I want to give an update from abroad for our yeah. American uh, colleagues. What would it be? Do you say citizens? Fel- Expats. Who is it? Who is it that is fellow Americans? Is that a typical American politic phrase? Sure. Or yeah, is yeah. There,
1: my, my fellow Americans.
0: Yeah. Or is that is that was that attached to a particular uh, 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 thought leader?
1: No, no. I think that's no? just a, a nice folksy way of saying it.
0: So, all right. All right. I think what we should do, Matt Ray, first, we should open up with like what how is it looking? What's what's the reaction that the non-Americans are having where we are? Abroad <laughs> now. Now, do you need some time to collect your thoughts and all start, or what? What are you? Are you just? Are you just ready? Are you?
1: Ready? Uh, I, I, I think I'm ready. I mean, okay, okay. Um, there's a lot of collective head scratching,
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, I've had to multiple times explain how the electoral college works. Ah, yeah, and and uh, why why it's kind of flawed. I've had to explain what voter registration is why it's not automatic <laughs> um and then i have to explain how you know uh despite being behind by four and a half million votes in the popular election um you know trump uh has a very strong chance of winning <laughs> yeah because they yeah. you know it all, kind of all comes together um but uh, yeah, and then I also have to explain to various people how hard it is to immigrate to other countries. So. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Now that's <laughs> that's probably what we're telling Americans. But yeah, that is, you know. So first of all, my what I'm realizing is that you have built many more conversational relationships with people than I have uh, oh, here that's... in the Netherlands. So you've got lots of conversations going on. Uh, yeah, over here. So the first the first questions I had, what was it? I forget if I mentioned this, but there were the last debate. I think that happened. Uh, I was out unlocking my bike and someone it was it was a longer conversation than this. But the summary of the conversation was, whoo, how about those debates? Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, let's see. And then, uh, you know, there's only been like one sort of even passing. uh, There's Americans who have talked to me, but one passing conversation. And there was a uh, there was a guy on the street from KPN you know, one of the major, uh, you know, Netherlands telcos. And uh, we put a bunch of spiderweb stuff up for Halloween. And and he he was walking by. And this is one of those conversations where, like, until two minutes after it's over, I don't re- I wasn't really listening close enough to know what was going on. So I just go, huh? Hey, yeah, right. Like, I just <laughs> I do that kind of thing. And he was saying, like, oh, maybe it ch- it is- you change out the spiderwebs. Maybe put a flag depending on how today goes or not. Ha ha ha. And uh, you know it was uh, it was kind of funny, but yeah, yeah, I I haven't I haven't I haven't actually talked with that many people.
1: Uh, seen, to, if, if you have it, that, then you don't get that weird feeling where you feel the need to like defend <laughs> how your country does something. You're like after a while, I'm like, no, I just can't. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: So as a, I don't know. man. Since you guys are abroad, I just, you know, because I've been fielding some questions, both both at work, because I work with many people overseas, as well as, you know, even in the software-defined talk, Slack, some people have been asking. So, and when you start to explain the American uh, electoral system, you're like, wow, it is pretty confusing, and it doesn't really make sense. Like, when you're kind of, like, having to force those, like, well, you do this, and then somebody asks, like, well, what about Puerto Rico? Then I'm like, oh, that's a whole nother story. Let's not go down that rat hole. Um, Yeah. for, as an outsider, I was like, "Wow, this this is really complicated, and, and it doesn't really make that much sense." Um, but of course, we've just been raised on it, so it is sort of just innate in like understanding. Yeah. Uh, so my question though is, does the Australian or in this case the Dutch system of government does it seem as odd to you as the American uh, system of government appears to outsiders?
1: <laughs> no. Is it, oh, so it's <laughs> yeah. pretty straightforward. It's just like oh, <laughs> like, we just vote like. like- like I saw my tax uh, my uh, my tax forms and they were like two pages you know and it's just like oh that's <laughs> nice and simple and then yeah. like you know voting is you know hey you show up at one of the you know hundreds of places within walking distance of your house <laughs> and you know there's no lines and it's compulsory but it's also on a Saturday and you know everyone has day off to go vote you know it's just and, and like the stacked rank uh, voting is also kind of nice too. So it uh, it it feels simpler and healthier. Yeah, I don't I
0: don't know like the way stuff works here too thoroughly. I mean, it's a parliamentary system, I think, and uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I but yeah, as as far as far as like uh, you know government stuff, it's just I think I, I mean I'll use the main symbols that I use to summarize like. Uh, what would you call it, civic, the civic sphere in the Netherlands is like, there are fantastic, well-maintained bike paths everywhere. And there are like, there are in fact, I think I've to- to- said this before, There, but there are many bike paths that like only exist on their own. They're not just like, we had a street, so we like threw some paint on it to make a bike path. Like there are extensive bike paths where just like millions of euros were spent to like make a tunnel probably and like i th- i think i think it's because like the country got together and they were like we like biking so how about we spend some money on it and yeah. then you have it <laughs> well, <laughs> right it's like it's it's like the realization of the madagascian dream where it's like you know you could like decide you want to do something and then do it and it's just <laughs> and so right. i think that in my experience that's pretty much how as far as i can tell government stuff works in the mm-hmm. netherlands now you know we had uh we we had uh
2: but what about before what you it, get off that what about just the process yeah. of selecting your uh your officials is it just a very straightforward oh, i I don't, I don't i don't know how that works okay there so it could little... be complicated it could be yeah, yeah. it could be like have weird rules like the united states where it sounds like australia yeah. it's just like oh hey, everyone just votes on a saturday and then it's done there's no oh well, yeah
1: but 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 then of course it does go to you're voting for members of parliament and then they yeah. get together and choose the prime minister. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I mean, you, you're definitely not, I
0: have a prime minister. I mean, it's a parliamentary
1: system. I yeah. Just yeah. Don't know they that they have that part, which, you know, um, I wish, <clears throat> I guess they're adding, instead of having the electoral college, the middleman is moving up to the next layer. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. Now, right, so now we should refer other, everyone the to other... the
2: weeds to then more discussion on poly- poly- parliamentarian systems versus a republic because uh, uh, yeah, we're not going like we're thing. not having that discussion here.
1: We're not, uh, we're done. <laughs>
0: and and there's also there's also uh, a king. So you got a monarchy and I don't know oh, how that Well, yeah, you got
2: that everything. going too. That's a different Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's that's an awkward topic. Yeah, that's
2: kind of a bad thing sometimes, so I've heard. So, work that out, Kote. I don't
0: know. I mean, it seems it
1: seems great. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's I you know, as a consequence, I don't know, this might be a way to sell it to Americans. You get the king's birthday off.
1: Ooh, like, like uh, Australia, <laughs> they, they celebrate that at multiple different times of the year, depending on which state you live in.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you get his birthday off. I forget, but it's a, bit, it's a big deal, him or her, whoever it may be. But it's, it's uh, I don't know. I should look into how uh, elections run around here. Be curious.
2: Today's show is sponsored by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing enterprise infrastructure, you deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions that allow you to take your project to the next level. Simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux virtual machines and develop, deploy, and scale your modern applications faster and easier. Get started on Linode today with $100 in free credit for listeners of Software Defined Talk. You can find all the details at linode.com. Linode has 11 global data centers and provides 24-7, 365 human support with no tiers or handoffs regardless of your plan size. In addition to shared and dedicated compute instances, you can use your $100 in credit on S3-compatible object storage, manage Kubernetes, and more. Host your website, build your app, store or backup media. It's up to you, and it's all free with $100 in Linode credit. Visit linode.com sdt and click on the Create Free Account button to get started. And be sure to check out Linode's new YouTube channel for video tutorials, security tips, and more at youtube.com linode. And of course, we thank Linode for sponsoring our show.
0: I enjoy our little chats here every week because finally, at least one of you, if not both of you, can explain something that I didn't do the research on. And that is, what does it mean that Docker is limiting container pulls? Now, I want to tell you why I'm asking this. One, uh, I mean, I guess if I knew they were doing that for free forever, I could have talked for five to 30 more minutes about how their business model was weird in all these years past, that would have been uh, helpful for me. And then two, you know, it looks like the throttling is 100 container pulls every month or a very short amount of time. Uh, I should go look that up, but it seemed like, it seemed like a big number for a short period of time. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of a dummy, but not that much of a dummy. And, <laughs> and like, it made me realize that like, I guess, I guess people are like pulling containers a lot. Yeah, and yeah, and think... and you know, if it, if it were my professional podcasting world, I wouldn't use this phrase that certain people in the past world of containers would use. And I never really like this phrase, but they used to make some allusion to like pulling from public re- registries as like having sex with the internet without a condom. And it, <laughs> and it does seem like it does seem like maybe that's a kind of a weird. I don't know. That seems. That seems odd, but I guess that's what people do. And it and it's and it's uh, unprotected sex with the internet. I think is what they said. <laughs> I think I over-explained it, and it killed the precision of the humor. But uh, like, know. so so, are there like like when you're when you're running a cloud native setup, are you just like, are you just like pulling the registry and just like pulling yeah. containers all the time?
1: Yeah. So so, people who have their CI/CD pipelines configured a lot of them will say like oh you know i use the base debian image because i'm going to go run nginx and put my application on top of that and they don't like take the time to put up like a local mirror they're just like hey docker hub's got that debian image and i'm gonna pull the hell out of it and then you know someone will make a pull request and that'll fire off you know Four or five Docker pulls, and someone else will pull one. They'll have to redo the branch, and like you look up, and an hour later, your little org has made you know 100 pull requests, blowing through that monthly limit or you know whatever their limit is. It's not hard to hit that limit if you're not building your pipelines uh, smartly. And you know, to Docker's discredit, like, well, I mean, it goes both ways. They wanted to be easy to use, yeah, and become the the default and the standard. And they're like, "Hey, we'll host all these Docker images." And then now people are just like, "You're hosting it? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna take the time to like run my own mirror. I'll just use yours." And so they're paying. Yeah, I'm sure they're paying some massive bandwidth prices, costs, and uh, you know, it's biting them. And but now people are like, you know, "Hey, you, you know, you took away the football. I was gonna kick that thing a thousand times a day." <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Huh? Yeah. So I I found while well, you were I found the thing. It's the free plan for anonymous use is limited to one hundred pulls per six hours. Yeah. Which I mean seems like a lot, but what do I know? I mean, I guess if you have got a bunch of ephemeral containers and you're always like building from scratch or something, or who knows? And but then that, uh,
1: that that's not you as anonymous. That's the collective anonymous people. Oh, All right. Yeah. So, how, so, how do
0: they bound that together? Like, is that per? domain they're
1: just saying no There's... i i mean they're just saying like look these containers you got to quit pulling on them
0: oh <laughs> so it's any container
1: yeah yeah well huh. i i mean either way you read it, it it's like because you're you know quote unquote anonymous you know you could be hitting from you know amsterdam i could be hitting from sydney and you know we're hitting the same thing we might be working for different companies but we're making pulls on the same container
0: oh i see and then it says authenticated accounts have 200 polls right now now if it's authenticated is that limited yep. for a container or the account i don't know i, I don't think it's know. for, account, I think, I think for it's per account. account because yeah, the pro account. and
1: team accounts
0: will yep. see no li- any
1: any rate limits yeah so so but, 200 per a registered account is probably fine for like small orgs um you know uh individuals yeah. but again it would be fairly easy to blow through that you know just by having you know CI/CD pipelines that are pulling from Docker instead of you know a local registry mirror.
0: Man, you got to hate it when software companies try to make money. <laughs> it's always a bummer.
1: <laughs> yes, or 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 not even try to make money, just try to stop the bleeding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, well, I, you I know, I mean,
2: but uh, should we be? Um, to so your earlier question, it's like, so I know the dangers, as uh, Kote, you so eloquently outlined earlier, but. It is one of those things, like, this does kind of feel like it's super nice that, hey, hey, that somebody, like, it almost feels like a public service that that you wish there was a way that, you know, uh, and maybe we'll get into, like, some of the ways that people are going to charge for it in some either direct or implied way. But it's, like, it is really nice to have, like, hey, all these things are out there. People are using them all the time. There is a lot of money being spent in and around this. So, like, is the solution, because, like, it seems like the solution is going to be, like, a more fragmented set of registries right so instead of everyone just going to docker you know you're gonna have to decide which registry you want to use um which i guess will work but it i don't know in my and part of me is just like i don't know isn't there a way we could have we could have kept the way we had it i kind of like the way we had it um so i don't know matt like what have you seen any i mean this is it just crazy it's like everyone should have already been using their own registry anyway like does this more open way it's of doing that it, is hard.
1: it just, yeah mm-hmm? i mean i mean you know you've got every cloud uh, every cloud has, you know, Docker registries, you know, VMware and Red Hat have them as part of their products. You know, all you do is say like, Hey, you know, go grab that image once, put it in our local registry and, you know, point at that and occasionally, you know, go rehydrate that thing and you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what a, so is
2: it less a registry and more a directory? Cause I was trying to think, does the following analogy, you know, bear any weight here. It's like one of the things that's nice about podcasting is, you know, everybody like the Apple iTunes is like the default directory, right? So everybody basically starts there. You get your podcast listed in the directory. Now of course they're not paying you're not they're not hosting anything for you, but they're the directory. And right. then of course you need to go yeah. figure out where you're going to be hosted. But it's awesome because everybody doesn't have to like learn where you're hosting. They're just like, oh just go to iTunes and if you're not in iTunes, you know, you can easily uh most of the other places will eventually link to itunes or use those that directory as kind of the if you will the authoritative source so it's like really simple Mm -hmm. and i think oh it's like that's great so like can something like that exist should there be a directory upon which i mean
1: Mm -hmm. now i'm gonna speak out of not knowing but saying like how hard could it be um (laughs) (laughs) if if you had uh if you had like a local registry, like you know, hey, I'm on I'm on AWS and I'm using uh, you know Elastic or whatever their you know container registry is ACR ECR whatever, um, and if I just say like uh, source is Docker Hub this image and it goes grabs that image, cache, caches it locally, and then you know every time I make a call, it says hey Docker is there a new one? It doesn't have to pull it. It just says is there a new one? And Docker's like no, and that's it, right? and so that that would be an easier that would be fairly easy to you know support where you know you just have this uh you know caching layers and and that's how things like you know um uh SDN's or cdns work right you know it's like hey i'm going to make this request and then i'm going to cache it locally for your you know region or country so you don't have to go all the way across the internet to pull it down and then we're going to save you know huge amounts of internet traffic by doing this like that's a fairly you know well-known pattern that could probably be implemented and docker continued to be the host of all this stuff but instead you know i I, i'm assuming that doesn't exist or people don't turn it on or you know people don't use local uh registries anyway um so there are solutions to this
0: yeah yeah it seems like that's what you would do like it seems like I don't know, maybe this is old fashioned, but it, it seems like you would never want to automatically download something you didn't know about. Right. Like, like, <laughs> well that, like, that's
1: the whole sex with the internet thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It turns yeah. Out, turns out people do have sex with the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just trying to think through like, like, like we have apps on our phone downloaded automatically, but I feel like that's a different thing than like, if you're the one running the software, like it's a good idea not to just like download like base images or or you know middleware things or stuff like that and and then instead like whatever you're using whether it's your kubernetes or uh, i guess no longer the data center of the future but whatever you're using to uh get your your uh your stuff up and running like it should almost be the default behavior of like to cache the thing right and maybe you do an initial run of of downloading that and then it would ask you uh like do you want to download this new thing but that does add some friction to the
1: system and uh makes but it's such a minimal amount of friction but that's kind of thing like the the promise of docker was like no friction and you're like seriously i like it
2: though i like the no friction and i will be i mean but to be real to be totally honest about it like sometimes when you pull an image like an image that you think that you're like okay that's what i want but then it, it requires something else and then like you know suddenly like you're command line is just scrolling away as stuff's getting downloaded. I'm, I'm not stopping it. I'm not like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Let me look at every single one of these things that are coming down in the dependencies. It's like, I don't know who has the time. Now I'm not running a production system, so maybe it's all different. Yeah. But, yeah. But it just seems like that doesn't really like, cause I, you know, back to your business model question. So if, of course they've kind of put this on the, uh, the people, I guess the, the person downloading it, I just wonder if there was some middle ground here around, well, could they go basically offer um you know the like where the image originally came from? Would somebody be willing to pick up the cost kind of back to the podcast models? like well, we're incented for you to download our podcast, and we're happy to pay for the bandwidth like we've worked that out and yeah. um and if you download the podcast, you can be rest assured you're getting an m p three file that we as far as we know is not uh going to damage your system in any way so is there is there an opportunity for Docker to kind of play that role It's like, well, what about all these images that people want them? To be downloading could you go back to that person and say why don't you pick up some of these costs and let's make it easy and also- yeah but
1: but, but those, those images are like alpine and debian which are communities right right so you're, you're like oh you know debian's got deep pockets so like no they don't right you know alpine is <laughs> is it's a community thing and people use those because they trust the community but you know yeah if if the, if there was a base red hat image you know that was hosted there sure red hat could pick that up but that's not the image people use because one, they're too cheap. They don't want to pay for Red Hat, right? right? Right. I mean, that's why people use Ubuntu on 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 AWS because it was it was free and Red Hat wasn't.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, fair <laughs> enough. But I just, think, yeah. I don't know. I so, just, so it, it does lack some imagination. I I would agree. So okay, fair enough. Like the users, I mean, it's kind of back to like, yep. Users should have to pay people for it. Great. Smoking.
1: They don't want to pay.
2: But I have just say, you could also, I mean, you could flip it around and say, like, there's probably, we could probably come up with people who are like, hey, if I paid for everyone to download this image and I picked up those costs, like, there's probably something I could get back in return that's valuable. That's what I would yeah. guess, right? And so if you want it for free, here's an option for you. If you want to you know, do it yourself, you can always, you know, open up your own container registry and make it harder.
0: They they, they should they should uh their
1: containers.
0: Yeah, that's they should do it like, like these games <laughs> that Kim plays nowadays where like you're trying to do stuff and all of a sudden you've got to watch like a like an ad. So yes. develop <laughs> like like developers or sysadmins could be like, you know, troubleshooting some problem and they gotta take a thirty second break to like yes. watch an ad about like I don't know, like some CA software that they might be <laughs> interested in or something
1: we'd like to interrupt your Jenkins pipeline to show you an ad for Barracuda firewalls. And you're like,
0: what? <laughs> yeah. And then you just said, yeah, I, I always joke with Kim. I'm, I was telling her she's, she's always finding these new games that have you know the ads at the bottom and then you got to watch the interstitial thing. And I was telling her, I finally figured out for Christmas, I'm going to buy you a $10 iTunes gift card and you can pay a dollar to remove ads from all these games. And that will last you forever right like she plays like a new game every month so this is like it's a 10-month exactly. subscription and uh you know i i don't know she just won't spend like a dollar or whatever to get these ad- oh my ads God. off thing. Have yes, you- I, I pay the extra
1: for hulu not to have ads have yeah, you I mean- have you
0: have y'all checked out the apple arcade thing is this something i should try to push my family into well, we yeah, recently not. updated
2: to the, uh, the Apple one plan. I, I ran the, oh, the, I did the full on, uh, what? ROI analysis. And I think if you're already playing for Apple music, which I, I was, I was already in the family plan and I, uh-huh. I don't, don't come at me, Spotify users. I think Spotify is great, but it's just easy for me. Give the family music that way. And then we already had, uh, everyone had their own iCloud backup plan. So if you kind of add, uh, add that up, depending on the size of your family, you're like, well, uh-huh. for just, uh, Another 99 cents, I get all of that, plus I get the movies, and then I get yeah. the Apple Arcade. And so I went to my family and I announced, I, I feel like, I, I actually uh, made it sound like I got everyone something unique. I told my son, hey, looks like I just got you Apple Arcade. And then I told my wife, I just got you Apple TV Plus with all the new shows. So everybody was happy. And then I pay slightly more, but I feel like I, get, I did get more iCloud storage out of it. So everyone worked what? out. So we'll see how what? it goes. How much,
1: how much is that a year?
2: It's, uh, I, Oh, we never quote in, it it's always nineteen ninety nine a month. Uh, so whatever that Ooh. works out to. So, so, uh, so, <laughs> but, but the, you, the you way it worked like out
0: a, like a two terabytes of iCloud storage or something. Right? Yeah.
2: Well, I think it's all hinges on like, if you're an Apple music, if family subscription yeah. is fourteen ninety nine. So if you've made that leap and then everyone has their own iCloud, right? So that's another three bucks. So you're at 17. So for $2 more, get a little bit more iCloud and a couple more things. So, um, but yeah, I can't, I can't help you. Like if you're like, I think Spotify is good. I, I don't know. Maybe cause I'm just not, not, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not like a real good music listener. I just listen to random stuff that is like, Oh, this iTunes or the Apple music. It's good enough for me. It's like, I guess it's, it's Gen X old person, uh, subscription. I don't have any of these fancy Spotify playlists. I don't know anything about it.
0: I, I, I like this idea that you professionalize music listening, be like, I'm totally, totally amateur level. I'm not a good music <laughs> listener.
2: I do, but I don't make playlists. I don't I literally just I I just hit the the, the playlist that they've selected. I just I just I just all I do. I just press Yeah, you I know, look at the five choices, I, I press it. That's it.
0: You you're opening up some ideas for me, Brandon. I, I've used Spotify forever. Yeah. And now is Apple Music, is that like normal? Do they just have everything?
2: Yeah, they just have everything. They just have all the music. That's it. Whoa. So. Now, but it's only now, for
0: Apple devices, right? Yeah, I mean, that's all uh, we got. I believe not, that we don't, is the we case. We don't use pixie dust like you or whatever. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I believe so.
0: Now, now, does it have some goofy interface like the Apple Podcast app? Because every now and then I open that Apple Podcast app and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Someone like took, you know, ate some bad oysters when they designed this interface. It's I don't, you know, I,
2: I, I agree. The Apple podcast, we ought to I have some tips on that too in a second. If we want to <laughs> keep going down this rattle, but uh, I find like the, Hey, the Apple music interface is good enough. Like people tell me and I wow. haven't used Spotify enough. People are like, Oh, well, Spotify is a lot better. And I'm like, I think you're probably right. And Apple music is just fine for me. It's I guess in this case, I've just, cause it's just so easy to manage the whole family. That's the whole thing. And my son is like, you know, it's great. I mean, it's the whole new generation music, but it's like, hey, you just like I just get it to him, and it's like, yeah, here's here's every song, you know, ever recorded. Go for it. <laughs> Listen to whatever you want, and it's real easy for my wife. So I I find it to be. People, I think, generally don't think it's as good as Spotify, and I'd probably agree, but it's just so easy. And so, yeah, I gotta do some
0: comparisons then. As long as as it has that old town road song, my kids will be happy.
1: 100%, (laughs) right? Because then, you know, I think think we might own like four copies of that.
2: (laughs) Well, that's what I find is like, you know, here we have access to every song ever made, and we listen to like the same 20 songs, like, you know, like over and over again. So, that's another, like, does it matter?
0: so then back to the original. How's the Apple Arcade? Is that, is that, I a think the
2: arcade is fine. Like, I, it doesn't have like what I would call, um, like I like the like the super simple, probably the ones like you described your wife playing, like just simple games, like either like word games, crossword games, or just like kind of like Tetris style games. Like, I just find yeah. like those are like the actual ones I play and they're just kind of very, very, like what would you call it? Like casual gaming just sort of yeah, occupies yeah. you. They're
0: relaxing. I,
2: I really wish they had more of that. I mean, they have a lot of really good games that are like, you know, some type of like, you know, super great graphics. Like my son does like playing them. Um, They're great, and they are. You can tell they're very well done. But it's just like, oh, I just want something kind of like, I want like this more Tetris. I want like Words with Friends. I want like casual games. So maybe
0: maybe maybe to maybe close it out. This is my theory of the Apple Arcade, and I want to run it by you. We maybe get some updates. Is my theory is so when my kids and and apparently my wife are playing games, right? They get these ads and they, they think like, Oh, here's another game I'd like to play. And they download this other game with ads. And, you know, you can see, you know, then I told two friends and they told two friends and you can, next thing you know, you're all using Purell or whatever. And, and like my, my thinking is that if I can move them, cause there's no ads in Apple arcade, right? No. Isn't that the whole? So if I think if I can move them all towards this cul-de-sac of Apple arcade, It'll take a while, but eventually they'll only be playing games, more or less, that have no ads. And then they won't be downloading these dumbass games. So my (laughs) prediction would be the following. I think your
2: son will, like, you basically walk in and say your son, I got you a hundred new games, and then go to town. It'll take him a while to work through all of them, decide. I think he will take to it immediately. I think many of the games, just guessing based on demographics, will appeal to him. For your wife, I don't think she'll like any of the games that would be okay so you'll kind of be stuck with where you were before and i don't know your daughter she's like she's a little younger right so she's just maybe getting into i don't know where her her gameplay is yet But like
1: that's the right cul-de-sac though like my my kids have escaped that cul-de-sac and are running wild on the streets right (laughs) they've got they've got discord and they've got steam and uh and epic and you know so they're like I'm having to, you know, yeah. go through and, and see what they're playing and like, no, 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 you're not playing that, you know, or, you know, turn on the, these filters before I let you play that. So, you know, you
0: know, what we should queue up fellas is for, for one of our vacation things that we want to pre-record. We should do a whole episode on these kids and their goddamn fucking video games, right? <laughs> and, and, and it'll
1: special episode just for parents. It, it, yeah.
0: It, it'll, it'll basically be like, all right, so how do you, how do you sort of manage this? Cause I feel like. I feel like Matt Ray, you are you are on the vanguard of Brandon and I, right? Like, like uh, you're, a you're year old right, yes. and so you kind of like, and you're also like, you're very like, you know, uh, I don't know, eff handsome. guy. Like you, you got you've got this, you've got this streak. Yes, that as well, right? <laughs> you're very very handsome. Well, I definitely think I want a whole section
2: on the open world because I'm actually come around on like Roblox and Minecraft because I am amazed at the creativity of like how kids and I guess the internet in general, like creates games within the open world games, like the roadblocks, like all these people create like these games within games. And then of course you get into uh, like steam, right. Is a good example. Like there's lots of random stuff built on uh, the unreal engine, whichever, whichever those engines and like some of the stuff is really interesting, like what they've done. Some of it's not, but uh, so I don't know, but I do like, I worry about like the, was it like red, was it the red dev? I don't know, the more violent ones that I know are on the cusp, I guess I call Dead it redemption. Yeah, think like, you. Like, I'm not like, yeah, all of yeah. that is outlawed. Like we haven't crossed that like absolutely, that is 100% absolutely. outlawed in my house. So, But like, I know the 13 year old, I'm only three or four years away. It's like, what do I do there? Like, that that's that'll no, be another wait, segment wait. of that episode.
1: Wait till you have the sixteen year old, seventeen year old who's explaining to you that the laws in, in one country are different from the other, and they'll play them against each other to, to get like the best video game outcomes for them. They're like, Well, you see, huh. MA in America is eighteen, but in Australia it's seventeen. So I should be allowed to play these oh, games now. Interesting. So like, oh, interesting. My dual God, citizenship.
2: You know, dual residency arbitrage
1: of yes.
2: Dual residency comes in. <laughs> and
1: so so then you know, you're you're having those uncomfortable times when, you know, you're watching The Witcher with your 16 year old, and you're like, "Who? Uh, yeah, uh, son." Uh. <laughs> so yeah, um, All It's right. Fun. Stay tuned. It's Future great.
2: Christmas episode. What was it called? Something. Yeah. Those kids in their games. Kids or something. And their fucking yeah, video yeah. games. All right. I we may drop the F bomb, at least for the title. That'll that'll 17. adjust the SEO a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of MA ratings, boy, boy, that Witcher series. A lot of promise. And they just, they just <laughs> kind of shit the bed there.
2: Today's show is sponsored by StrongDM. Working from home, managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs, meet StrongDM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. With StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access, automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles with the click of a button. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi to manage access, you'll have more control and less hassle. StrongDM, manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your free 14-day trial at strongdm.com. Again, that's strongdm.com. No credit card required. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show.
0: Well, you know, as always, it's really good to work in the tech industry because it looks like in our sector, uh, no matter what, we make tons of money, and uh, <laughs> the the returns are all good. I was I was watching the share price of of a company that I may or may work for, which I watch a lot, as you may guess, and it's just uh, you know, as as uh, what, what do they say? You know, uh, uh, goes up, goes down. That's that sort of that sort of you know. <laughs> It's pretty pretty predictable that there's a range that it stays in. Not really that many surprises for all of these uh, all of these prices. And you know, looking at like the big earnings, right? So Apple always makes lots of money. That makes sense. I I have yet to receive. I haven't started living my iPad Pro life properly. I do have some theories that I, I've been trying. I've been um, prototyping some some of the work. So I haven't received that yet. But you know, you can have them ship you stuff. And we just talked about Apple Music. They make lots of money. That's fine. And then, of course, uh, you know, Amazon seems to be doing pretty well. It's 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 yep. funny. Like, you know, even the headlines, they're kind of astonished that Amazon is making money. And you're kind of <sighs> like, why is that astonishing? Yeah. Like, people want to have stuff delivered to them. Like my Like, Kim just got—this is, like, the most Kim mentions in an episode, I think, has ever occurred. But she just got, like, some vanilla beans delivered because she likes to make vanilla extract. And, like— you just get them delivered, like, yep. like of course. And uh, but it is uh, yeah, they do all right, these tech companies. <laughs> well, I thought for yeah, our yeah, uh, yeah,
1: you just described my investment portfolio, that's right. tech for our,
2: I think that the big takeaway, I think, well, one, um. You know the Apple stuff we will get to in a second because you know Matt and I we got to predict we got to talk a little bit about the ARM chips you know that's going to happen next week so we got to get our oh predictions boy. in. Kote, uh, you can take a little nap during that that segment. Uh, but now I was going <laughs> to say the on the cloud uh, side, I just think it is interesting that you know basically I'll just do a little rounding here and it's like the Amazon AWS business so it was eleven point six billion in revenue, so up up from their nine billion a year ago, and then Google Cloud just because it came out the same day, which was fantastic for. People that follow this is like three point four, so you know whatever we can call that three three times bigger, four times bigger, depending on you know how you want to round that. And it's like you know as we kind of always talk about, really it seems like a, at least in the public cloud world, right? It's Amazon, Azure, and GCP, and so you it kind of gives you. I Guess it follows that old Jeffrey Moore, um, you know, like kind of the what the the gorilla versus like you know the chimpanzees. You know, basically you have like one dominant player in the market, then you it can usually support two other. Players. So I just think it is interesting to see that play out. Now, I know Azure wasn't represented here, and it's always a little bit difficult because of the way they kind of like lump other things in with Azure. But I know Azure makes the claim that they're just as they're very close to AWS. But I think it's, I think we can just do some you know, logical assessment, say they're probably second if it was apples to apples. And then finally, I like the fact that Google said going forward, they're going to break out. GCP revenue separately. So just, that's like really, I think it's a sign of both strength that they think it's doing well because they're willing to let it be compared. And also for us, it'll be much easier to see exactly what's going on across these you know, three major competitors.
0: That will be nice. I, I love a broken out revenue, not a broken <laughs> revenue. <laughs> not, not impressed. Well, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I I mean, it, it is, you know, as, as, uh, as, you know, having the show and following the stuff as, as like, much closer than the rest of the world, but not that close. Like, it it is. There is a certain amount of fatigue of like, oh yeah, sure, they made four billion dollars last quarter, no problem. I don't know what the big surprise is. Like, it's just sort of these these numbers get so big at some point that it is uh,
1: I don't a billion know. here, a billion there. Yeah, yeah. We talking about real money? Well, yeah. It is, I think
0: you know, to your
2: point though, it is in kind of this boring period. But this is the period over the next five or ten years, right? I think you know, people were talking about predicting maybe five years ago. It's like, okay, now you see, yeah, like yeah. slowly you know, more and more of the IT spend is going to move over time. And like, I don't know, in 10 years from now, these numbers will probably be 10x this, right? And it will have happened in like a pretty, you know, kind of slow, predictable way. And we'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, there was this time where people kind of debated whether or not this was even going (laughs) to happen, right? And it'll be like these gigantic numbers. And I think, you know, with Google, and I think Google Google breaking it out, I think it just kind of, you know, not that they weren't dedicated before, but I think it just kind of shows that, Hey, this is a business they're going to report financials on, so they're probably in it for the long haul, and they probably see that 10x growth coming just like the rest of the world um mm. and then of course you know and then I think you know the the fascinating companies are really like you know yourself kote you know tanzu of course and and our friends over at, at Red Hat, you know what is their place in the world going forward in this kind of multi cloud because I think that's the kind of like the second act here right is like well you know what who who are the vendors that kind of establish in that that side of it, because that'll be fun to watch too.
0: Yeah, obviously, big place in the world. That's that's my, uh, my... <laughs> now. Now, as promised, I am feeling a little tired. Do you have some a brief amount of time to go over ARM chips? What's what's going on with that next
1: week? <laughs> Kote's got a nap out. <laughs> tapping out for for the ARM chips.
2: No, I was just gonna say. With uh, I do think you know I don't Kote, you, your point you know well taken that hey this you know what's the big deal about the chips? But you know, Apple all set to announce their new ARM MacBooks next tuesday mm. so that'll be interesting One more thing. and um i just think you know, i was thinking like well why is it like you know there's the kind of nerd side of it you know if you're just interested in chips which i think you know matt and i are that's and, what i'm here for and yeah. the instruction set architectures and i think the thing that i do think is interesting though it is um you know the kind of the culmination though right of if you think about you know kind of the open source kind of side of it right the fact that like okay well they're they're now moving to a more open uh, instruction set. And then Matt, you know, you were in slacking, I think it was at risc V. Am I saying that right? Is uh, going to become yeah. a fully open source, uh, uh, instruction set. And I think you kind of go back in time and you think to yourself like, well, was it a big deal that Linux was open source that, you know, basically it was the open source version of Solaris or Unix. And it's like yeah. that had pretty uh, incredible re- repercussions. And I think as you know, it becomes, if you will, these instruction sets become more widely available and more people can build hardware. I think it is sort of like a, it is kind of this moment Mm -hmm. of like where like things will be different. They're going to see, you're going to see more people build more interesting devices, I think, going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been doing open source for a long time. Um, And, you know, the thing that originally attracted me to it was my, my, my first background was science. And the fact that, you know, the way science works is you build off the work of other people and that's how open source is right you you somebody writes some software and you can dissect the internals you can see how it works you can improve on it you can fork it you know and then you publish your paper in the journals and you know everyone's like hey this is interesting and cites you and you know they they build on that work and that's what's happened with software was like you know at first people were like well this is just a you know a shitty copy of AIX or you know Solaris or whatever but over time it continued to build on it and now people are like well, I guess this is what everyone will use in the future. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's not a lot of debate that, like, Linux is here to stay. Mm. Uh, open source is the foundation for most things. And, you know, and, and it's moving into the hardware space where they're like, you know, people made fun of these ARM chips, you know, five, ten years ago, but the fact of the matter was, like, all those different people using them could go and share their work back to ARM who could share it with everybody who was using it, and it had this you know virtuous cycle where now you know the culmination is you know next week apple's going to announce laptops that you know smoke intel's chips uh you know head to head and yeah apple will have their you know kind of walled off cul-de-sac of you know garden of goodness but that's that's <laughs> that's how mac os is too right because it's built on a an open core also yeah you know you know
0: that that makes me think i don't know if this is true but I haven't heard or felt that sentiment of, uh, I don't even know the phrasing to use for it, like the democratization of innovation. We're, we're like, because you have open source stuff, like all you open up uh, innovating and building on stuff to like all these other people instead of just big wealthy companies. And yeah, that makes sense why like, you know, if you, just to be sloppy with the terminology, if you open source chip design, then in theory you know some some whacked out you know college student in finland can like come up with some chip design <laughs> that's like yeah. that like you know 10 years later like becomes like a a, a major force or something and kind of de- well, yeah. like like instead of throttling instead of throttling chip innovation to just people who have billions of dollars then you can just kind of uh, mess around with it on the side and yeah, um, yeah it doesn't that's... seem like the people still do that in other parts of the software world. I guess in development frameworks they do, right? Like like all of all of your like app frameworks generally can come from individuals who don't have tons of money whereas like it seems like the software in our part of the world and infrastructure generally comes from like funded people and
1: there's but, not but that it many, right? I mean it doesn't if you start looking around at like, you know, the fact that a few years ago there yeah, was a, yeah. a minor scandal that, you know, Curl and SSL were maintained by like you know two people who it was a side gig and they had oh, like fund me sure, sure. pages but, right you know yeah, things yeah, that are yeah, foundational yeah. have are right but but practical. but,
0: but th- those are those are from the old days of individuals doing stuff. I was thinking more <laughs> of like you know like Docker or like
1: well, I, I'm not like all these, these... But, but yeah there, but there were like Docker came out of left field
0: yeah well I mean, but it, 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 it came... came out of a... But it came out of like a, a funded company of Dot Cloud, right? Like it wasn't just some guy in a some person, I should say, in a dorm room like messing around. Anyways, yeah. anyways.
1: But but your 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 small angel, you know, A round invested startups are practically, you yeah. know, not that different from, you know, working out of your garage. I
0: guess I guess maybe yeah, that maybe what I'm what I'm grab grasping around for is the uh, the hobbyist person yes. doing something that like would result in like a big deal because it, it seems like there used to be a lot more, uh, a lot more like scratch and itch innovation in open source versus you know scratch a business not not a business <laughs> model like like the I, w- which one is it that a uh, uh, where do they work like is it Envoy or some other thing where someone works at Airbnb or Uber oh yeah or something? yeah yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, yeah
1: yeah but 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 actually you know scratch and itch uh, there have been what fifteen million Raspberry Pi devices sold. And sure, that was sure. yeah. that was that was a university deciding that they wanted uh-huh. to take this free ARM chip design and have a low cost thing for their classes. Yeah. And now here we are; we've got a foundation, and you know, you know, fifteen dollar Raspberry Pis, and you know, they're they're just you know relatively ubiquitous because that barrier to entry was not there. Where they had to say like, oh, Intel would yeah. like to license something; they could go and just grab this, you know, license from ARM. And put something together for you know relatively nothing.
0: Yeah, fifteen dollars is pretty cheap for an actual Raspberry Pi.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> well, I think maybe just the one is actually out, cheaper. I was gonna say the, lot, the other thing too is like, I think you know kind of going back to the end users, the, the regular people are going to use all these things. I do think you know, the move to ARM and Apple certainly paving the way is like it maybe does because so much of the notebook world has kind of been stagnant. It's like really the thing that is not so much, and maybe this was obvious in retrospect, or maybe it was always obvious is that, you know, the form factor of the laptop seems pretty good. Like, I think we've all played with iPads and and Kote, you're getting iPad pro, but really if you want to do work, you know, that the form factor of a laptop is good. What has always been limiting though, is the The power profile, the fact that you have a shorter battery life, the fact you have to like boot it up, it's very much like a computer and it's like, hey, this move to ARM maybe finally does kind of start to like deliver on the promise of like an always on computer that lasts 20 hours. It's very light that it doesn't get hot, but that's still pretty fast, at least for regular people doing kind of the normal things. And then, you know, up to Apple, of course, right? It'll cost less so they can either pass that savings on, you know, keep their margins the same. And kind of like price it more like a, an iPad, right? Where a, a 999 Apple laptop is actually very, you know, um, um, if you will, uh, powerful in comparison to its like Intel friends. Because that's always been like the, the thing. It's like, why are you overpaying for this hardware? Well, now if you're paying $1,000 for the best hardware, right, suddenly you're getting a new kind of price point. And, that, you know, that all of us benefit from that. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what they announce next week. And we'll see if it, you know, if they deliver on it. But uh, it does seem like a seminal change in the industry.
1: So, so chips, when are you going to get your, very your arm laptop? Oh. <laughs> See, here we are. Chips are exciting.
0: They get are. The there
2: it is. Thing. So there it is, Cote. Yeah. Chips are exciting.
0: Yeah, the good stuff. Arm laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you know, it, closing out on that, I think you shared that someone was still running a power book, uh, you know, 12-inch, or someone did. And uh, I, w- I kind of skimmed it write up. And, boy, that dude spent, I, I, or that person, <laughs> spent a lot of time talking about the chips, which is just like, oh, boy. People love chips. <laughs> you know he's he's all into t- giving us the history. they're they're all into giving us the history of the the power chip and stuff, which is which is fine. It's an anomaly. Well, you know we got uh, there's there's some conferences coming up. They're online. you got you got your Kubecon, November and Kubecon and Native con. I'm sorry. Uh, November seventeenth and twentieth. there I have some I have some registration code running around somewhere I should use to to attend that. Also, there's the OpenShift Commons gathering, November 17th. These are all in 2020. You can go check those out. You can find the show notes, not the show notes, but you can find links to them in the show notes at softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 269. And uh, if you have some conference you think is interesting, you should uh, also go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, join us in our Slack channel, and you can put it in the, uh, the SDT topics backlog. And uh, if it seems interesting... We'll put it in our list of conferences uh, to talk about also uh, you know I don't think I haven't also do we have any bureaucracy <laughs> to go over this week Brandon?
2: Uh, just a couple of things a couple of pieces of listener feedback want to thank uh, Javier for writing in I sent him some stickers he's in Madrid so that's always nice to to hear from our Madrid uh, users and also a couple of uh, jobs showed up in the uh, the jobs channel of the slack so uh, Chet wants you to work at Infra for cloud as a product engineer. So I put the link here, but you can probably join the Slack. You can ask him about it. And Kote, uh, uh, one of your colleagues, Matt, I'm not going to try to say his last name here. He wants you to work at VMware. And he says, VMware is hiring all kinds of people that want to do things with Kubernetes. So go into the Slack and he'll give you all the details. Um, but if you would like a sticker, all you got to do is send your postal address to stickers at software And I will be
1: happy to send you
2: a sticker. Anywhere in the world
0: that can receive mail, but you know, no, no, <laughs> hey, no,
1: we, 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 nobody stumped us yet. Haven't,
2: That's haven't right. Had that That's problem right.
0: yet. Yeah. Uh, so this week, Brandon, what do you have to recommend?
2: Uh, as always, you know, I just got to start recommending myself. So go back and listen to the interview I did, uh, about a uh, cloud guru and all the things around certifications. It's probably like one episode back, and I'd love to hear about guest suggestions. If you want somebody uh, that you think we should interview, please uh, send them uh, my way, him or her. Um, always the listeners always have the best recommendations. I also want to recommend, you know, you're talking about podcast players earlier. It's like, I don't know, you know, I was playing around with some other podcast players, so I'm never sure like what people may or may not know that goes on in the, uh, uh, in the podcast that we produce Cote, because we're so good at it. one, uh We usually include different cover art for every episode, so i 've learned some podcast players don 't show it so if you 're in a podcast player and you 're just seeing a software defined talk logo that 's fine, great but you 're missing out on some yes, some type of artwork that Kote and I have uh, uh spent hours selecting for each episode, so you should do that and then uh <laughs> secondly uh on a more serious note uh I think I like chapter bookmarks, so again i 've learned some podcast players don 't. Um, show chapter bookmarks so if you like to skip around to the different segments uh, we usually put bookmarks in there so oh, if man. your podcast player have doesn't have any of those things then i don't know i just wanted you to know they were there doesn't mean I don't, you don't have to do anything but they're there if you want it so, <laughs> <laughs> so my
1: podcast player has neither of those
2: yeah yeah i did it just uh i use uh overcast which i like no no um but like I've I've now learned uh, a bunch of podcast players don't have these things. So I just thought I'd throw it out there. Maybe people care about yep. that stuff. Maybe they don't. And then finally, uh I'll just uh in your podcast player choice, you can probably subscribe to a podcast called Whistleblower. It's actually it was really interesting. It was about um the NBA scandal. An NBA ref uh was kind of caught cheating, uh or I guess caught gambling on a basketball games. So it goes into his story, which is interesting, like kind of a fun, true crime story uh but what was more interesting is um what I would call this idea of like you know um the way that the NBA kind of influences the game and he kind of like pulls back the curtain about how you know you think about uh basketball and like what a foul is that's somewhat subjective but how the NBA really kind of guides referees sometimes game by game in the playoff series about what kinds of fouls they want to be called and what kinds of fouls they think they should be let go. And I think that's like it brings like my interesting question about, um, I guess, I don't know if you would call it cheating, but you would call it like certainly influencing the game. And so oh, I yeah. never thought yeah. about that. And so he kind of points out and what he says alleges is that, you know, the NBA would benefits if like um, the, the teams in the largest markets like L.A. and Boston, for example, if they're in the playoffs. So he kind of alleges that like, well, they, what they'll do it's just tell you to emphasize certain things that emphasis, that uh, give an advantage to one of those big market teams, and it's again, it's not like it's not necessarily Aww. cheating, but it's. It what is about sort of,
1: Oklahoma City?
2: Right. So if you're <laughs> Oklahoma, and today talks a lot about that, and you're like, wow, this is actually, um, and there's, and they cite several games right, and playoff series where, oh, like, sure. for yeah. example, Sacramento, a uh, very small city relative to other cities in the United States, that basically got screwed over. Right. They got like forty. Like I don't know, the other team had like fifty. Uh, different free throws. So, really interesting. But then it got me thinking a lot about our world and about, you know, all the different algorithms that are tweaked, right? To like, if you will emphasize things, whether it be like anything from search to how apps are produced, um, you know, you just kind of pick any example in tech and you kind of see that, like, yeah, this is going on all the time where people aren't necessarily breaking the rules. They're just kind of changing the rules to either benefit themselves or benefit other different groups. And it, I don't know, it got me thinking a lot about like, I don't know what you, again, kind of this idea of how big influence can play, uh, can kind of happen right in front of you, but how, how big the changes can have, whether it's on a basketball game or in a tech industry or who knows, in lots of other places in society. So if you're interested in all those ideas and you like a little NBA basketball and want to hear them stories, check out the whistleblower podcast.
0: Wow. That was a thorough recommendation. Uh, yeah. A I, lot I, to think about.
1: I can't follow that up.
0: I, I liked it. <laughs> That's, that's good. How about yourself? How, follow that up, Matt, Ray. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I've got something much lighter, like, uh, you know, there, there's a lot going on right now that, uh, may be a little stressful for some folks, uh, <laughs> myself included. Um, so, uh, we've been watching a BBC documentary series, uh, called back in time for dinner. And, uh, it's essentially like I, I think previously I recommended the the Supersizers Go where they jumped around in time eating the food. Uh it's a version of that where they took a family and put them in the 50s, 60s, 70s and you know each day is a different day and uh you know it's it's light, it's it's easy watching. Uh <laughs> you yeah, know not too dramatic, family friendly. And you know you you pick up some history on the stuff and uh started as a BBC series and then you know they spun off into you know Further back in time and tea and Christmas and, you know, all sorts of stuff because, you know, reality shows are cheap. Uh, but then um, Canada and Australia had their own spin-off versions of it, too. So, uh, you know, if you're in one of those countries or if you want to collect them all Pokemon style, you know, uh, you got a lot of choices. It's this whole series of, uh, you know, reality TV documentaries I didn't know anything about.
0: Now, this is maybe another holiday recording I think we should have. I don't know if we have people qualified to talk about it, but I want someone to come and explain Pokemon to me.
2: <laughs> just I'm like out. I'm out that episode. You know,
0: you know just, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, I want I want it explained both from like a mythos world building thing, like, you know, Pokemon for itself. And then I want it explained as kind of like a, a kind of like a, a business. Or not like a business, but kind of like, you know. Like, like we kind of know that whole outer layer of Star Wars and the mar- and especially the Marvel universe, and I feel like there's something I'm missing about Pokemon, right like and you know we can call it the Journey continues or something, but like i just i want to know how that functions, and you know as a minor one, power Rangers, I think would be good as well uh, to kind that of that's that's that. all you yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll, that'll start my own series <laughs> well i have i have i have i have let's call them two recommendations. First is I started using this app called Sorted. I forget where I got it from. Of course, it's only available in Apple. And, uh, you know, it's a to-do list management thing, kind of, sort of. But what it does is it forces you to, like, make a calendar schedule out of it. So it'll, like, suck your calendar in and make a task of your meetings. And then you can kind of, like, assign when you want to work on stuff. And, you know, I've used OmniFocus and other stuff forever. And it's just, like, I'm sure for many people, OmniFocus is a great stuff for me to put things into that then I move to tomorrow, right? Like I, and you you know, I don't really like (laughs) to use it in a great way, but you know what, the reason I started using this is someone pointed out that when you do things with this in a calendar style, it helps you realize how little you can do each day. And so it really helps you like uh, not overwhelm yourself. And I don't know, I've used it like three days. It's pretty nice, but if you just go to staysorted.com, you can uh, find it. It's just a little app. Now, just as a, I don't know if it's a recommendation, but I recently read two like King Arthur y books. I read this one called uh, By Force Alone, which is basically like, let's imagine if you wrote like some King Arthur stuff mixed together with like all of the references to like Goodfellows and Quentin Tarantino movies that you could think of. And, <clears throat> it's it's just like uh you know a smoothie with bacon in it it's like you know as as appalling and disgusting as you might think however i did read the whole thing so it did have a lot of like appeal and interesting stuff going to it but i'm pretty sure there were some sections where i'm like i remember that exact speech in Goodfellows, right like and so it's very like it's a does, it's a does, it's a weird take
1: ask people if they think he's a comedian
0: Yeah, that would be that would be funny, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, it even makes up some kind of drug that they all sell called like goblin fruit. It's just like the first I I got a sample of it when it first came out. And the first part was really good because it was just like straight weird fantasy stuff. And anyways, so after reading that, I was remembering a long time ago in the 80s, my mom read this book that was author stuff that she was really into called The uh, Mist of Avalon. So I went to find that and that is just like straight up normal like fantasy stuff. No no gangster references. And and so far that's pretty good. It's uh it's a good book. So, you know, maybe if you like if you like that kind of like uh like like dude fantasy stuff, bro fantasy stuff, you go check out by Force Alone. It's not too bad. Uh it's fine. It's it's kind of it's kind of like it's it's like it's like, it's maybe like two steps further up the Witcher path where you're just like, you're just like, this show would be really good if it wasn't so modern, right? If they just kind of like stuck to like more of the fantasy stuff and weren't so like, I don't even know what, I don't know. They, they, they should just take that guy in there who scowls all the time. He's good, the Witcher. And they need to kind of fix all the other stuff in there. It's just, I don't know, a lot of potential.
1: A lot of potential. Season yeah. two.
0: That's right. Season two. Hey, you know, the Mandalorian has a new episode next week. That's what yeah. I recommend to people. Anyhow, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 269. You can see all the past episodes and join our Slack channel. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: I may do a little extra you... editing on that one. <laughs> see if I see if I can pick Cote's final. See, this is why we well... need three separate tracks. It's going to be hard to pick yeah. that out, like with you and Cote on the same uh, track.